today yeah we're not in a class today all right so today we're talking about 20s and everything that we've learned thus far which is not a lot not a lot (laughs) to really rack our veins to figure out what we've learned that's all right it's a learning process that's what we tell ourselves we're still young we're still in our 20s yeah mid-20s ish (laughs) clutching on that's okay whatever it takes at this point (laughs) so the reason that we wanted to talk about what we've learned in our 20s is because we would have loved this when we were in our late teens, early 20s, mm. just to get an idea of things to look out for and maybe how to handle going through your 20s better. So I guess there's like so many things that we could have talked about in this podcast episode. So mm. it took us a while to distill it to five things that we wish we knew when we were getting into our 20s, Yeah, navigating relationships, work, uni. Ourselves. One. Yeah, ourselves is a big one. Yeah. This is a this episode is going to be a bit like high level, I think. It, it's not very like concrete mm. in steps to take. It's more like this is our intuitive selves talking at you. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I wish you could just watch Ashini. I'm doing that. a dance while I do this. <laughs> like a genie dance. Really entertaining. Said no one ever. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway. So the reason that we, this came about in the first place is because the conversation of what we used to talk about back in the day when we were 15, 16, 14 year olds in high school came about. Do you want to talk us through what our conversations are? (laughs) What if I said no to you right now? Then I would say, hey, remember we're doing a podcast. Do you want to jump in at some point? (laughs) I just want to reject you on a public national platform. (laughs) Public national platform. This is how Sakshi treats me, guys. That's all you got to know. Okay. What did we used to talk about at the time about how we think our 20s would plan out? Plan out. Is this like trivia? Do you remember what we talked about? Yeah. What did Ashini's life look like for 200? Go. <laughs> Can I call a friend? <laughs> Just muddled a bunch of games in there for you. Go. Um, what did we used to do? Okay, so there was this one particular library in... The uh, only library. <laughs> one and only library in our high school. We would sit near the heater. If you went to Glen Waverley Secondary College, you know what heater I'm talking about. <laughs> if you didn't go there, it's just the heater that everyone would want to sit next to because it was so great during winter. Yeah, all the chats we used to have in the library near that heater was about what life would look like in the future for us. Yeah. So we talk about the ideal ATAR, the university, the degree we want to get into, who we, what age we want to get married, who we want to get married based on the boys that we knew in high school. <laughs> oh my god, imagine. <laughs> We did. To some degree, we were like, oh, my God, that Questionable boy. choices. <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> I could get married to them. Um, at that time, whoever I thought of definitely mm. would not get married to right now. <laughs> Who did you think of? Um, there's no way I'm saying that in the podcast. Whispering to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm smarter than that. Um, yeah, where we'd be working, when we'd be buying our house, what our house would look like. And we would have kids and all of those things, right? Like, very typical Asian ideals of what life should be. Just like timeline things, right? Yeah. But even that, like when we were kids, I genuinely think we wanted those things as well. I mean, we we still want them. Maybe not in the same manner as then. Because like 
our worldview was so narrow. Mm. But we didn't realize like how much is out there to do beyond just finish school, find a job, get married. It's interesting that you say narrow. I don't think it was narrow. I just think our worldview was different because our upbringing was from insecurity coming in through a migrant background. And so our worldview was all about making sure that we have financial security and stability and all the things that come with that. It's just a different worldview. And for Mm. someone who didn't have to go through those struggles. Or didn't have that emphasis put on them, maybe as a child. Yeah, that it's not a priority or wasn't like a requirement in their life. It was something that, yeah, if you'd like to do it, go ahead. Maybe it was their outlook. And a lot has changed since then. Oh, yeah. So much (laughs) has changed. Yeah, so I guess these are the lessons that we've learned and the lessons we wish we knew as a 14-year-old little girl next to a heater in a library thinking we're cool. (laughs) (laughs) We were cool. I don't know what you're talking about. All of these things, we're like learning as we go. This is not something that we've mastered. Like this is really us telling ourselves to listen to ourselves. <laughs> so really, we're just going through therapy with you guys. Listening yeah, to this us. is our therapy. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> so the first thing is be responsible for your own life. So what I mean by that is whatever you're not changing is what you're choosing for yourself. The point being is that if you take the responsibility on yourself to make the choices that you genuinely want for yourself, I think it eliminates all the other ramblings from society and the people around you of what they want you to do. And you are able to kind of separate yourself from what others want and what you really truly want and therefore make the decision that's right for you. Because if you're taking responsibility, you're more likely to make the right choice for you rather than the right choice for your mom or your, I don't know, grandma or whoever it is that, you know, has some say in what you do with your life. Um, and ultimately, I think at the end of the day, what we want to, what I want to kind of remind myself is like, whatever choice that I make to go ahead with in my life, I have to live with, right? Not anyone else. So yes, anyone in society can say, oh, you should really do this. I wish you did this. Or, you know, I really want someone who does this in my family. But I have to be the one who's doing that. I have to be the one who is living with that. And if I'm not okay with that choice, then I have to be the one to like cut it in, what is it, nip it in the bud. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it (laughs) And just say, you know what, you know, you're not the one who's going to have to live with these choices. I am. And I'm not going to make that choice because I have to be responsible for the choices that I make for myself. Mm. Yeah. No, I really like that one. Um, it's so interesting because when we talked when we talked about this earlier, I just word that really differently. Yeah. In the sense that for me, it's been yes, taking responsibility for all my actions. What's more important to me is making sure that I'm internally validating myself rather than letting external, uh, I guess, influences validate things for me. Mm. So by that I mean like, if I'm choosing to do a particular degree in university Mm. I'm doing it because that internally is what I want to do Mm -hmm. because it gives me joy yeah not because my parents want me to do it because it gives them joy and Mm -hmm. that gives me joy Mm because that's me attaching my internal happiness to something external which is my parents yeah yeah for sure and I think a lot of 
well, we speak for ourselves, but there's probably a, a fair few brown people out there that relate to that, where there's a lot of other societal pressures um, or other people just involved in decision-making for your own life, which can be very conflicting at times. <laughs> totally. And sometimes I reflect on it. I actually don't know if I would go to university if I just sat down in year 12 and really thought through what I wanted to do for me. Mm. I think there's like a small part of me that questions whether I would just try and start a business straight after high school Yeah. if I didn't go down the society expects this from me path. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe similar. I think it's more that I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with uni. I just went to uni because I knew I had to go to uni. Mm. So I wish I had taken the time to really reflect on what do I want to achieve out of going to uni? Um, and what my big picture goal is rather than just going along with it and like figuring it out as I go. Mm. Um, probably wasted a lot of time in doing But it's really interesting, right? Because you'd have to take a year off after year 12 yep. to have that moment to be like, yeah. this is what I want to do. And or this even is six months, do it. man. Like it doesn't really have, yeah. Whatever, whatever, it, whatever is. it is. Yeah. But for that to happen, everything around me might question why I'm choosing to just. Dis- take this time off what I wish I could do back in that day is be okay with what everyone else thinks because that's not my business yeah and really just be okay with the fact that this is what I need to do and this is what is best for me because honestly it probably would have been the best way forward because it would give me some time to reflect on what I want to do I would then save time and money by picking the right course if I decide to do something else yeah and in the long run it would be better for me for sure saving money is a huge thing in that the hex date the hex date that we I think I genuinely just didn't think about the headset because we just went along with like, oh yeah, uni, free money. I'm not paying for anything right now, so <laughs> who cares? But it's not really free, but yeah. Ready? <laughs> uh, so in a very long-winded way, what I was trying to say essentially with that example is it's so much more important to do what internally feels right for you Yeah. because ultimately you have to live it yourself and make yourself happy. That's it. And not let the background noise of all the external things around you, whether that's your family, social media, school, society, whatever it is, get in the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So the second one was be very aware of your self-talk. Now this, I don't think I really Mm. fully understood what this meant until very recently. So I always thought of it as, oh, of course, you're never going to be mean to yourself or criticize yourself in your head. And that quite clearly is bad self-talk. And I just thought, oh, it's not really relevant to me. I'm not, you know, it's not a big deal. But it actually really means now thinking about it is that the little things, the little habits that you create in your head of the thought patterns that you have for yourself and the way you believe in yourself really impacts how successful you will be and how successful you think you will be as well. So things like, for example, oh, bad things always happen to me or this never goes to plan or like things never go to plan the way I want it to go or oh, I can never achieve that because I, I, I just don't think I have the capability to do that task or do this or do whatever it is and those things I think you just think oh they're they're realistic things I'm not like exaggerating it's just a thing but the reality is those little things create ways of believing in yourself or not believing yourself rather Mm -hmm. that lead to you not even wanting to try things that's the problem because Mm -hmm. 
if you have no self-belief, if you don't have the ability to back yourself, you're not going to like put yourself out there. You're not going to um, go for things that seem out of reach. And, you you know, you likely if you put your mind to it, you will achieve it. You just don't even try and that's the problem. And I've become very aware of that recently and just understanding I need to believe in myself more than I and like, it makes a difference. Like even if I don't actually get whatever I think I'm going to get, at least I know that I've tried and I've backed myself to have a go. And that's a huge thing for me now. Self-talk is a big one for me as well. And I wish I understood the power of self-talk younger. Mm. So when I was younger, I used to look in the mirror and just literally say out loud, you are ugly or Mm. I am ugly. Mm. Because I genuinely used to feel like that with the acne on my skin and the braces at that time. And I was a bit more chub and not necessarily the most attractive person in high school at that time in my head. Yeah, in your head. Yeah. So I look at photos and I'm like, you know what? You were you were a great looking kid. Now she was. She still is. It's <laughs> it's silly, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. In yeah. that moment, in my yeah. head, yeah, and that transpired into like an eating disorder, which is a whole other episode in itself. But the point that I'm trying to make is that self talk that I was doing in the mirror to myself every day mm. was probably the most harmful thing I did to myself. And then growing up, that subconscious belief of like I'm just never pretty enough or good enough mm. lingered for so long. That it always just became a barrier for me to be the confident person that I should have been and who I am now. And someone who really helped me get to that point was a couple of books, a couple of authors. But one that comes to mind is Dr. Joe Dispenza, who works in the brain and talks about how the brain can impact your day-to-day life and what you manifest in your life. One thing that I found really helpful is this idea about how everything that you say to yourself, even if you don't say it out loud and think it in your head, that's creating a neural pathway. So every time I think a thought, there are some neurons that are connecting and making a pathway. I think of it as like drawing a line with a pencil. Yeah. And then the more times you think that same thought, that pathway is just happening over and over again. Yeah. Um, And I think of that as like drawing a line in that same line that you drew with that First thicker line. Thicker and thicker line. It just gets thicker and thicker. That's it. Yeah. And then it gets so thick that it becomes a subconscious thought. And then it's, it's just the way of being. Your way of thinking then. Yeah. Exactly. Your natural automatic response. go-to response will like be. brushing the... your teeth. You don't think about it anymore. Yeah. Because you it, just do it. That's it. Yeah. I, that's so harmful. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, and I wish I knew that before. And I wish I knew the consequences of that and how it can potentially, like, make or break your mental health Mm. at the end of the day a good sense check now for me is like every time I feel uncomfortable I try and come up with a good self-talk just because I know that if I feel uncomfortable there must be something in my neural pathway that I've screwed up from when I was younger I think that's a good little check for yourself just to yeah I guess to recognize the way you may be harmfully thinking about yourself without really knowing that you are this is the classic case of fake it till you make it good old affirmations I love it there's a video of JLo talking about all of her affirmations, and mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm JLo. <laughs> <laughs> I am JLo. That's my self affirmation. <laughs> <That's my self-affirmation. laughs> no. I look exactly like her. I love that. No, my thing is, I'm worthy of what I know I deserve. That's mm. my thing because I think often I, I believe, like, I, I don't think I'm truly worthy of these things that I think I want. But if I've convinced myself, okay, no, you know what? I, I deserve this shit. So I'm going to get it. Yeah, that's it. Love it. Love it. You are worthy of it. All right. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Number three. Give it to me, Sheenie. Go on. Number three. Give it to me. Um, There are no failures. 
that's a big one. So I think what I kind of realize now is that whenever there's a failure, whenever there's a mistake, whenever something just doesn't go to plan, it's so easy to get caught up in our head of this little world that we've created for ourselves. So our focal point becomes the failure, right? Whenever, like think about whenever something's gone wrong in your life, what's the only thing that you thought about for like 24 seven, for seven days a week, you know, like for an extended period of time, right? And you stuffed up. The thing you stuffed up or the thing that didn't work out, the thing that made you sad, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. But your reality is literally whatever you put focus on, right? And then your world becomes that reality. Because you don't actively stop to think and take a step back and go, wait a second, the world, my life, is beyond this moment in time, right? The world exists without me, around me, right? And my life will exist beyond this po- like particular moment in time where shit happened. Mm. So I think just realising that, yes, sometimes crappy things happen, but kind of like checking yourself and taking a step back and saying, okay, there's more beyond this particular moment and I have to actively decide to a, get a, take a lesson out of this failure or just like redirect myself to get to where I want to go. Mm. Um, so, yeah, nothing I, – I genuinely think that everything happens for a reason. So whatever happens, whatever shit comes your way, there's a reason behind it. You just can't see it in that present moment because your focus is – solely on the failure side of things rather than what's there to learn out of this Mm, I totally agree with that have I done the Tony Robbins test with you do it to me go okay look around the room yep and I want you to only look at all the blue objects in this room yep Mm -hmm. yeah got a couple of things in your hand yep all right now close your eyes and tell me two black objects in this room okay I should know this one. Uh, there's a black bag. I mean, I've done the test, so I know what she's about to do. So there's a black bag there and a black coat something? No. Oh, there. Okay. My phone! Death. Well, no, you opened your eyes. But essentially the point of this test is I asked Ashini to think about all the blue things in the room mm. when she had her eyes open. Okay, the failures. And then I want to ask you to close your eyes. I t- ask you to tell me about the the black things in the room. Mm-hmm. And you figured out one, being the black bag. Mm. And then the other, you said there was a coat, but that was actually blue. The point there is that you focus... Unless you focus on something, you're not going to see it. Yes. Anyways, my point there is that I totally agree with what you were saying. There's no such thing as failing. And in the moments when we do fail, it's all we see because... That's just how our brain is going to work. It's like, I want to do better. Yeah. Number four is fill your cup. Yes. Fill your cup. Essentially, that's self-care, self-love, and making time for all the things that make you feel like you have more energy to give to other people and other things in your life. Yeah. Essentially, just like refueling yourself to function in your day-to-day. Mm. Yeah. So that varies from person to person, obviously, um, depending on the sort of kind of person you are, right? So you and I, I think we probably need the quiet time, the the off time to kind of rebalance ourselves to get that refueling. But someone who's super extroverted will probably need human interaction and like lots of energy around them to feel refueled. So whatever that is for you, you will have to work that out. And then try to do as much of that as you can with the time that you have in order for you to 
I don't know, follow all the dreams that you have and the goals that you have. So interesting because when I was younger, I wish I actually knew the importance of doing this more often Yeah. because growing up, I feel like I never made the active effort to refuel mm. and therefore burnt out quite a lot but didn't realize that I was burning out. Yeah. And now that I'm growing older and those habits just continued, I've been through burnout a couple of times. Mm. And so recognizing how important it is to prioritize that even when you have so much work and so many deadlines that it's hard to sometimes justify going to a dance class over getting work done, you still just have to prioritize it like you would brushing your teeth every day. It's a weird one because I think because we live in this like hustle culture life that we do, right? It's so hard for us to be like, okay, downtime is important time. We think of it as downtime is wasteful time, right? Mm -hmm. But we just need, I think it's just like a thing, societal thing that we need to change and realize actually downtime is so important just so that you are more efficient in your on time, you know, Um, because you can go on forever just being constantly on, but like how much stuff are you actually getting done because you're burnt out and like you're literally like dragging your feet to get things done like I don't know if you notice but like physically I will notice symptoms of burnout and now it's like more prominent than ever whenever I'm burnt out I can literally feel the fatigue I can feel my mental like capacity is like so little and my threshold for things are so low I get so quickly like emotional and angry at things that I just don't wouldn't otherwise and I can see myself thinking about it be like why am I so pissed off about this this makes no sense and I realize oh wait it's because I'm like super exhausted and I can't like I don't have the filter that I would otherwise yeah you're already pretty sassy seeing you like burnt out sassy it's not like a sight I want to be around (laughs) shots fired (laughs) so you just stay away from me when you're burnt out Hey man, you're really appreciate it. I know. <laughs> I know. It's... <laughs> and I'm so glad you do it by text because I don't want to be around that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cool. Just stay away from me. Socially distance. Thank you very much. Um, no, I totally agree. I also get physical symptoms. I actually get um, I get hives on my body. Mm. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's my body telling me that I'm not looking after myself. So yeah. I get hives. I've also been to ED a couple of times with my brain and my body stopped talking because I've burnt myself out to that extent Um, and I can't walk like I've been to ED the second time and that time I couldn't walk because I'd been I put my I pushed myself too much so I've learned the hard way guys if you're going to take anything away from my lesson it's prioritize self-care like you would your showers or personal hygiene yeah um and a big one for me which sounds so little like self-care doesn't need to be a bath or it doesn't need to be something so extravagant all the time. It can yeah. be as simple as getting eight hours of sleep. And I know I cop a lot of shit for this, <laughs> but it really is my self-care. Like yeah. I am my full present self mm. if I have eight hours of sleep. Mm. If I don't have eight hours of sleep, then I do not feel good and I feel burnt out the whole day. Yeah. I think like if you have like a little list in your mind of these are things that I can do just to quickly like get myself to normal. Mm that you can do on your day-to-day. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, a freaking half-an-hour bath or, like, you know, whatever it is. You can just be, like, okay, get myself some sunshine, go outside, get some fresh air, like, take a deep breath and, like, feel a little bit like myself or go for a walk or call a friend or whatever it is. Like, 
dance by yourself in your room. Whatever works for you to refuel yourself. Okay. I think it's two parts. The first one is when because you don't get taught at school how to identify Recognize symptoms of it. burnout. Yeah. yeah. It's as you go through these weird symptoms of burnout, you just write it down for yourself so that you have a mental checklist of okay. I'm feeling symptoms of burnout, so I need to make sure that I prioritize self-care a bit more. Yeah. So for me, those that list is I feel the tingles in my fingers. Um, I am tired even after eight hours of sleep. Mm. I am not constructing proper sentences. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. Mm. And I get tired of my body. So those are like my little symptoms that I keep tabs of to make sure mm. that I'm on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I feel even one of the symptoms, I'm like, all right, take a step back. Let's go to my list of like self-care things that I can potentially reach out to. Mm. So that's usually like forest bathing. Mm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this Japanese term of literally just going into nature and putting your feet onto the grass and really connecting with the trees and everything around you. Yeah. So connecting to land essentially. And then um, my other thing that I love to do now that I've just gotten to, which is only two classes in, is commercial dances with Gerard Pig, who I'm <laughs> obsessed with. The guy's like amazing. And I love it because I get to be another person that's not associated with my work. Mm. Um, so I know those two things work for me right now. And that yeah. might change like six months from the uh, six months from today but the point is that I know enough about myself to know these two things work mm. and it's a lot of just like trial and error yeah whatever makes you feel good dude yeah as literally legal go for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's stay away from like drinking too much or taking too many drugs or anything like that um but yeah all the legal constructive things, things. <laughs> yes um yeah so I think that's a big one filling your cup what's um, our last one Trust your intuition. Yes, trust the intuition. So what does that mean to you? Okay, this is a bit woo-woo in the sense that it's really hard to tangibly be like, this is what the intuition feels like. But I do have this thing that um, Tegan Martin, uh, she was like Miss Universe Australia a couple of years ago, but she did this amazing video around how to connect with your intuition. And she's really big about this. Essentially how you do it is through this process that involves you closing your eyes in a really quiet space that you feel comfortable in. Take a couple of deep breaths and then slowly tell yourself, my name is, and then pick a name that's you, not your name. And I'd say, my name is Sarah. And then I'm just going to feel what telling myself false information feels like. And then I'll take a couple more deep breaths in and then say, my name is Sakshi. And then I'll feel what that feeling feels like when I tell myself true information or fact. Now, just observing those two contrast emotions in your body, what you then do is you ask yourself something that you want more clarity on. So like maybe it's, do I take this job opportunity that was presented to me today? Mm-hmm. Um, so I ask myself that question and say, yes, I'm going to take this job opportunity and feel what that feeling feels like. Mm. If it feels similar to the feeling I felt when I said my name correctly, that may be my body saying, yes, that's like the right thing to do. Essentially, this takes a lot of time to like really get good at, but I really back my intuition like no tomorrow, even if it doesn't make sense or is not logical. Mm. Like there are so many opportunities that I've not taken, like VC funding, for example, only because my intuition said not to. And I'm so glad I did it because if I did, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, that's a great little test to do on yourself. For me, again, woo-woo, in your gut, like something's 
not quite right when you're following, let's say you're following path A, right? And you don't feel quite yourself, like something feels off. I think that's the universe or whatever you believe in. their way of telling you that you need to redirect and like find a different path because this is not the right way to go about things or there's a better um better option out there for you this is hard because you don't know if this is because you're you don't believe in yourself therefore you I was just gonna say it's so hard to decipher if this is self-sabotage like if you can get to the point where you just know that your your body or you are not feeling you by a particular decision in your life or mm. a situation in your life, mm. and you can just back it. Amazing. Yeah. But if you're like even ten percent doubting it, yeah, just like the test helps me all the time. And you know it, it, that may not be for everyone. Oh, 100%, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's probably more logical ways of doing that. That's fine. Um, and if you do tell me, <laughs> I'd love to know. At the end of the day, I think that's the biggest learning that we've had in our 20s. It's like, are you doing the right thing for yourself? You do you. You do you, boo. Oh, gross. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I just said what you were about to say and then realised how cringe that was. We're deleting that. All right, boo. I'm not saying that back to you. All right. Do we have any recs this week? I think this is maybe a bit of conflict of interest, but... The Shameless book was like a great twenties book. Oh yeah, we the should... spacing between. Is that what it's called? I highly recommend it for like everyone in the even yeah in their twenties going into their twenties because it has some really good like relatable life stories. Yeah, no, I really loved reading the book. There were probably certain aspects that I couldn't relate to, yeah. but shout out to the girls for like inspiring us to do this podcast. Yeah, the Shameless Girls. This they wrote the book. They did a killer job there. Yeah. Good stuff. Another wreck. I'm just going to give a shout out to Gerard Pig for literally <laughs> changing my life with his dance classes <laughs> in filling my cup in a way that I don't think I've filled in a long time. Yeah. I just, I'm in love with the man. He's beautiful and he's just such a good dancer and I wish I could dance like him and one day I will, Gerard. Lol. You have changed my life and you don't even know it. Oh, cute. What we do maybe want to mention is that maybe we're going to be, I know it's been like a month since we've actually released something, but I think a realistic uh, release plan is like every two weeks because life's a bit hectic these days. All right. We really need to stop rambling. So I'm going to bring this to a salad wrap. God. And she says I'm cheesy. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Make sure you go look at our insta give us a follow tell us what you want to hear us talk about next time and uh catch you on the flip side bye Bye.